couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to Our Friendly World. Better, Stronger, Together. Hello, welcome to Our Friendly World. This is Vaughn, your host and my cohort. Matt, hello. Hello. So I walk into Aikido after many, many months of all my friends trying to convince me you should give Aikido a try because, you know, I had all kinds of friends that were very talented martial artists and started to train with them. I started to train with them and they were all, they kept, it just, it was all over like my circle, if you will. People kept saying Aikido, Aikido, Aikido. And I finally looked at some videos and I just thought, no way. This is such fake stuff. This is ridiculous. See now, hold on just a second. I can't tell if you're talking about calligraphy or what. What is Aikido? Hold on a second. So, I walk in, I think you're going to explain what Aikido is because you were the teacher's pet. But let me just do the intro here, honey. Give me a chance to start. Now I forgot what I was saying. (laughs) Gosh, honey. So I walk in, I remember exactly what I was wearing from my waist to my head. I don't remember anything else. I I do remember I was not in a gi, and I think I, I had the presence of mind to not show up in a gi. For my first time. And, and a black belt. And a black belt. <laughs> we'll tell you later what that laughter is all about because, oh, shoot. I'll just say it now. So I was cross-training, so I was going to different schools. And one of my schools, the, uh, the head of the school would walk around. He was more than a black belt. He had, like, oh, he had many, many ranks. He was a master, master. But he literally would go to the coffee shop with the full ensemble, <laughs> with the belt ensemble. on. <laughs> anyway. Supermarket, too. So I had no idea pushing a shopping cart. No, we're just kidding. He didn't. We don't think That we know. Went, we don't think he went that far. But um, so what was interesting was I had no idea the world I was stepping into, you know. Okay, so back to how I thought it was fake because I just YouTubed some stuff about O-sensei the founder of Aikido. And I saw this very small, uh, old man, kind of hunched over, not even with good posture. And I saw these big burly guys charging at him from across the room. And it looked like all he did was just lift a pinky. And these guys just like fleas just flew across the room. It seemed fake until I, I got to uh, experience it for myself. So I walk in to this whole world thinking it's just another form of martial art. I get to throw people. I wanted to break some stuff. I wanted to see what was happening. I wanted to throw people down. And I ended up going into this whole world of understanding true compassion and connection with our fellow human beings. And that also led me to an extra bonus meeting my future husband, my cohort over here, Matt. So anyway, I remember the t-shirt. It was a dragon shirt. I was all, I felt like the Tasmanian devil walking through the threshold Threshold works? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just felt wild and out of control. And you all did. You were so patient. Out of control. I was, right? Because I wanted to break some bones. I wanted to break stuff. Break stuff. Anyway, so you all were so kind and patient. And you taught me so much about so many different things. 
So that is why today we're talking about Aikido and the circle of friendship. We're going to bring it back, try to talk about everything. Well, not everything that we learned, but definitely some, some points from Aikido that we can use in relationships. That's one of the things that really inspired me was because you were the teacher's pet, I don't know, and somehow you took me under your wing, this dyslexic Tasmanian devil, and you were so kind, and I, I better understood what it was all about. And you, the inspiration you provided was, oh, I see, so this is, this is going beyond the mat. I saw you use it in business. I saw it being used, you used it, uh, in relationships and I got to see firsthand how you did it it was really inspiring so here we go Aikido and how it all started and I want to interject some stuff because there's so much I want to say but you are you were the teacher's pet so with all due respect I mean you you were seriously awesome and another reason why I fell in love with you well Honestly, I think when you showed up at the dojo, um, I think we were all very conscious. And as, as schools go, I, I thought that we were very, as a whole, generally very mature. And we were all feeling like good hosts. And I'm sorry, can I, can I just describe to our friends what you all looked like? Except for you. You look like a scary Harley Davidson or not Har- I don't know. I don't know Harley Davidson, but you look like a scary biker gangster. I was scared of you. Wearing a white gi with a little cute white belt. Yeah, but your stature and the the looks on the expressions you had on your face, you looked very intimidating and scary. But everybody else, when I walked in, I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You most Okay, first of all, most of the men in there were um, if I were to just judge them without oh without proper knowledge, you know what I mean, without mm-hmm. some maturity, if I were to judge them, if I saw them on the street, they looked frail, and they all had pot bellies, especially the the head of the school, His, Sensei Chicken Legs. <laughs> I called him Sensei Chicken Legs in private because his legs were really really thin, and then he had a pooch. Like See, that belly. was just the way the ghee hung on his body. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe that's, like, their sense of uh, center, like, to have a big, big belly, like, that grounded them somehow. I don't know, but it's definitely not, I, I did not come from that. I came from very chiseled, fit men. And you all had, like, uncombed hair, long hair. Very hippie looking, like just disheveled looking. You looked lazy. You you kept telling me we're not using muscle here. Oh, we don't punch here. It all was very confusing to me. Right. That's, that's all I have to say. Now. That's very fair. Okay. So once again, when you came into the class, um, you know, it starts with just the general maturity level. I, I would say that the, you know, kind of the median age was probably somewhere in the 30s is my guess. We had an Academy Award uh, nominated short film guy was there who was super cool, by the way. Um, and Everyone just, was very professional. Like they all had, their careers were definitely elevated. They, they were they were set. Well, we were, we were... But that was also LA. We were good with who we are. Yeah. You yes. Know? And honestly, yes. and Aikido helps with that aspect of things too. But coming into, coming into a dojo, it should feel like coming into someone's home. And in this case, whose home is it? Well, technically speaking, it would be Sensei Chicken Legs. But we all felt some ownership. So it's about being a good host. That is so true. You were all good hosts, even to some ignorant fool like me. Stepping in, wanting to destroy stuff. Now, fun. <laughs> but uh, uh, and it's. Can I just say how attractive that was? I ended up having. I, I ended up. So I. <laughs> are you going to talk about my crush? <laughs> but you all. That was a crush on me, of course. Nobody else. No, the the last one was you. No, but seriously, 
upon first glance, it was not attractive. And then when I saw you all move and I saw your, your compassion, it was such a turn on. It was so beautiful. It was just beautiful to see. And yeah, I ended, I ended up, w without realizing it myself, I, I, I kept staring at, was he the second in command, Darren? I had a little crush on him for a second. And you, you, <laughs> I think it was the one of the first things you said to me was as we were sparring, what, what would, would you call it? You whispered in my ear as you were like running by, he's married, you know. I was so appalled. I mean, all I was doing was just looking. I, I wasn't. Yeah, no, no, no. I, she was studying. No, <laughs> I was. I wasn't doing anything. And to be fair, he always reminded me of a kind of a a buff teddy bear. He took charge. He was like a man. But man. the way he would move was very smooth, yes. and the way quick wit, quick everything. And you felt safe near him. Mm -hmm. He just he he provided an open-armed feeling of taking care of everyone. And that is so attractive to me. Right. And, and you know, there was a lot of people at the, at the dojo who were, who were like that. And so finding a, someone to emulate, finding a role model was a very easy thing to do in that dojo. I remember, because I pop off all the time. God, yes, I pop off all the time, and, and sometimes it's foolish, and sometimes I just, you know, I, ru I run with it because, you know, the other person feels good, like, really, like, thrashing me. There's a story about a, I have a bowling story that I could tell, but I won't. Um, I ended up popping off to a guy who had bowled a 300 game, and now I am telling it, and he had the plaque on the lane that said he had bowled a 300 game, but I kept popping off to him. What and popping mean? off just means like teasing, razzing, and, and, and generally so making like, sport. Like you do when we're at a baseball game? Uh, not that bad. Oh my God. Not that bad. But, uh, That's good. But he, I could tell he was really enjoying, like really putting me in my place. And so I just rolled with it. It's fine. You know, I, I don't have, my ego is not attached, was not attached to that conversation. So, you know, I was fine with it. Shoot. And now I've derailed and gone off i've never heard the story yeah never mind i'll have to tell it to you one day no, i want please finish you can't just leave us hanging yes what i happened can to the guy you were let's move no, on you can't do that you gotta explain what happened i want to know what happened oh he just started laughing and then i just started laughing and that's basically where it ended that's it yeah it's not that exciting that's your story but i felt foolish it was awesome <laughs> you did because it's good to feel foolish it's good to it's good to it's good to pop off and be put in your place by you know someone who's much more knowledgeable and experienced and that's a lot of what aikido is is um you know let's describe it so aikido was a martial art it was invented by this guy o sensei who had been an infantryman and da 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 da, da and he he had seen violence up close and personal and he decided that so in the japanese army that is not a healthy thing it's not a good thing it's not good for mankind so um he so basically wait before he went into the army do you know, do you remember the story of before he went into the army? Was he sick or something? or He, was, he had been a sick child. He, he was, so he was a weak, like, he needed to build himself up in some way. And he way. probably was, was um, uh, people, you know, took advantage of his weakness, bullies and whatnot. But yeah, he turned himself, not musculature-wise, but he turned himself into a fearsome foe. And then he realized once he'd gotten to a certain point that mankind didn't need that. What mankind needed was, particularly after World War II, was to bring us all back to, under, to understand and connecting to our innate humanity. And this is... So this is based on what he saw at war. He said nuts to this. This is terrible. Right. This is not how we should be living. Right. This fighting is some... BS, right? I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this podcast yet or not. Oh, dear. I'm not sure. Well, then we have some problems. Well, I have some problems. <laughs> but anyway. So anyways, and so basically as a martial art, there are no attacks, which, what? That's, that's crazy. What do you mean there are no attacks? Yeah. Can you tell them what you would tell me all the time? 
or the whole the whole school would say if so, um, you're here to protect your attacker what you're right exactly that's i mean it's so profound but when i first heard it it made me angry <laughs> what do you mean i have to protect my attacker cuz they're attacking me what's the story but in Aikido, Aikido's about harmony. Aikido's about connecting to the world, really, and, your and paying attention to your center and understanding this energy that's key. Now, of course, George Lucas studied Aikido. He rooked key, called it the force, and made it this mystical, midi-chlorian power weirdness. Um, but where it comes from is everybody has this energy. If you feel it, if you try to feel it, and then we had one or two exercises where we would attempt to feel it more and more, and you could, like stretching, if you stretch your hands a certain way and then you shake them, shake them, shake them, shake them, you can feel that your hands have grown or they've extended or who knows. And yeah. maybe it's too mystical for a no, podcast. No, it's not but... everybody. No, this is our podcast. This is ours. But also, the whole point of if someone's attacking you, it means that they're not in harmony, that they've somehow become off balance well yeah i was getting there but okay where are you but basically we like to live inside of what we perceive as harmony and we've all run into somebody who is just being having a bad let's say having a bad day whether or not they just got cut off all the time on the freeway whether or not they're <clears throat> in the midst of a relationship that's failing or who knows who knows who knows but everybody has encountered somebody who is not in harmony now, Aikido is, a, is, is, as a philosophy, not necessarily a martial art, is about getting back to harmony. And the thing is, is, you know, kind of the extreme manifestations of not being in harmony is somebody throwing a punch. A punch is kind of a huge act of communication. And not kind of, it absolutely is. If someone is so frustrated and someone is so desperate to get their point across and be heard, which is a big thing I think in today's society is people don't feel like they're being heard, that they actually go to the length of fighting, putting out a fist, punching, grabbing, et cetera, et cetera. This is somebody that desperate to communicate their point of view to make a connection to make with a connection human is all that they have capacity for is that way and and that's that's a lot of hate that's a lot of rage that's a lot a lot of it's a lot of emotions and 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 can you repeat again i like it what you say about hate and love well, yeah. So there's, hate, hate there's, isn't... There's two sayings about that I, I, I hold on to for, for love and hate. And that is, what is the opposite of love? So somebody's in love with somebody and they don't love them back and they just want to get away from it. What's the opposite of love? Well, the opposite of love, it ain't hate. What? Can you explain? Because love is a very powerful, all-encompassing emotion. It's a very high energy. It has a lot of force, a lot of energy and guess what hate hate requires to actually hate somebody it requires a lot that of takes energy. a lot of energy a lot of focus and you're directing a lot of energy right now high low energy it doesn't matter it's still energy you're still spending your energy so true hating somebody or something and as it turns out the opposite is indifference when all of a sudden you actually manage to get to that place where you just don't care and that's what it is. So that's saying, number one, the opposite of love is indifference, not hate. And uh, love and hate are two sides of the same coin. Basically goes along with the exact same kind of thought. And that one's a little more maybe succinct and a little more pithy, it sounds like. And it's also, it's, it's so deep. I mean, this is probably for another conversation. But also another difference between love and hate. Love actually expands and hate is negative hate will destroy your energy and your life force but love will add to it correct you can right. have more energy with love and hate is just an exhale love is kind of like an inhale where you can where things become bigger the circle becomes bigger and hate will only take you so far I don't know. There's a balance, right? It's a yin and yang, correct? You need both. 
maybe both energies you need to inhale and exhale but yeah to have absolutely a flat line which is indifference that's no life force at all no connection so then if somebody is throwing a punch at you that desperate to connect and maybe it's with you personally maybe you're just in the wrong place who knows and it's not just a punch right this is what you taught me it's not always punches. Well, yeah. No, no, no. It's not always punches. But this is a very evident physical manifestation of an emotion, a very strong emotion. And so in Aikido, uh, you know, what we're taught as far as let's, let's, let's spend a moment talking about technique. Basically, what we do in Aikido is we extend. So if somebody is throwing a straight punch at you, first of all, it's never completely straight because it always has to come back to them, and that's a circular motion. But if you can extend that motion, a couple things happen. The person throwing the punch doesn't realize anything is happening on a, let's call it a cellular level. It's like it doesn't reach their awareness because events are happening too fast. If they immediately hit resistance, they're going to adapt and adjust. If they don't, they're not going to adapt and adjust. And if you can extend the motion... You can start guiding the motion, and that motion will inevitably end up with that person physically speaking out of balance and falling. Can I interject? Yeah. So even, okay, I know you don't like to talk about strife in our society, and I do because I'm me and you're you, but... The whole act of resistance, like let's say there's a force in the government and you want to resist and there's a whole resistance movement, that doesn't quite work, does it then, if we follow this, right? Aikido is good one-on-one. I still, personally, I still struggle as far as, you know, there are events that, you know, define resistance. There are all different types of resistance. Gandhi resisted and the but, british left india but it wasn't a physical resistance but it, it still wasn't was a, fighting it, it wasn't an eye for an eye true that it is wasn't definitely putting true. up a wall it was uh it is what's it called with thoreau and passive resistance civil disobedience civil disobedience that works too but it's civil, it's compassionate. But it's disobedience. Yeah, but it's different. I mean, you could say your counter moves in Aikido is disobedience to, right. to you, the law of the person coming at you, attacking you, you. You definitely could say that. I think that basically, basically, I want to hold, I want to hold the moral high ground always, and I think that's true for everybody, unless somebody's throwing a punch. But uh, uh, it, it, I think things start to become a lot more complicated when you start talking about groups or governments or, or, or. I know you don't want to talk about that, but I always think globally myself. So I, I don't, okay, please go on. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But you know me, I tend to always go towards the extremes and social injustice. Right. So typically in Aikido, when you're practicing... It ends up with somebody on the ground. If it's done a certain way, typically they end up on the ground, uh, face down. By the way, it feels so good when you're thrown. With an arm behind their head <laughs> and, their, and, their, and their hand in a wrist lock. That's typically how it ends. Yeah, but tell them how it feels. So for a true black belt, an expert Aikidoist. <clears throat> Can I say Aikidoist? You just did. But is it, is it accurate? I have no idea. To really do it right, because they're not allowed to hurt your ego or your body in any way until they have to. Break your body, that is. <laughs> in the end, I mean, that is definitely a possibility, right? Because there are two styles of Aikido. One is the hard style, and one is the soft. And obviously, we came from the soft. Yes, very soft. So it's... So, like, no muscle at all. Everything is energetic, Everything. Yes. All the wrist locks, getting out of a wrist lock. You you don't use your muscle to get out of a wrist lock. You have to uh, become one with the other person's energy and then maneuver out of it in a circular way. But I I just remember you all teaching me and, and then doing it on me. Like when I came at you with a punch or a kick, whatever, the way 
you all threw me down as a response, it felt so good. It felt like I was having giggles. Like I went from even, you know, if I were to have been angry, the way the motion and the energy of it is, it's like feeling, it's like going back to becoming a little kid and having a very loving, fun-loving, strong uncle who is taking you by your wrists and twirling you around, you know? Like, how do you describe that motion, you know? Like, well, no, no, no. Like, somebody grabs your um, like, your whee! wrist and your le- and your ankle and they spin you around and, like an airplane. And then very gently, oh, so gently, bringing you back to Earth. Right, that is true. That's how it feels when a true expert aikido person inside of our style inside of inside of inside of, of, inside style, of. Yeah. now there De- are this is definitely not what's his face what the actor steven Se- this is not steven seagal this is not steven seagal um aikido and steven seagal is just an enigma wrapped in a riddle because yeah his aikido is beautiful um but uh but not his running is not beautiful oh ouch it's, anyways um so yeah, so um, let's see. So back to back to Aikido, and back to back to the school that I, I trained at. We were all working on more than just, or we were all looking at, or we were all living, trying to live our best lives, basically. Uh, and Aikido was kind of a means to that. And so there's a couple kind of basic things that uh, that were taught, and that is connecting, connecting to people, connecting to an attacker, connecting to just people in general, you know, which I think translates uh, very well into becoming friends, friendships. How do you connect with somebody? Well, what if this person has absolutely nothing in common with you, but he's a coworker? Well, you at least have that in common. Okay, fine. People, if you let them, and it's not an attack, but people tell you things. And it, it requires a person to listen. And that sounds very, very easy, doesn't it? But it can be hard. And we're, we're all bombarded with our own thoughts, our own fears, our own hopes, our own dreams, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes it can be hard to hear the people around us talking. And also it's hard in corporations because even if you're supposed to be on the same team working on the common goal, there is such a sense of competition. There can and, be. And fighting for your life. Right? Yeah, absolutely. There, there can be. So how can you have a true friendship there when you're in battle with them? And that's just it. I think you're looking to have a... Sometimes it's a friendship, yes. But sometimes you want to have a... Let's call it a non-negative relationship. You want a relationship with that person where they're not specifically trying to destroy you at every turn. People can't help but tell you about themselves. And certainly if you're interested and if you pay attention, people will tell you all kinds of stuff about themselves, the stuff that they're passionate about. And guess what? My, one of my best friends, I'll just say one of, oh God, he loves the NASCAR, which is extremely popular. Why do you say oh God like that? Because I don't like the NASCAR. And I just don't. And that's just, that's just where my head is at. But you know what? Because my friend really likes the NASCAR, if there's a race coming up, like I see commercial for a race on TV, I remember it. I bring it up to him. I ask him if he's recorded it because he never watches anything live. I will say something goofy like, oh, yeah, man, I heard Jeff Gordon won it by three laps. Now, Jeff Gordon. Is he still driving? No, he's not. He's actually, I think he's a commentator now. And uh, uh, my buddy was not a big Jeff Gordon fan, and Jeff Gordon had an impressive win streak, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, uh, he knows I'm just trying to get his goat because, you know, it's banter. And he knows that I'm not trying to score points and I'm not trying to ding him. I'm, we're, just, we're just laughing. We're just, we're just being goofy. But it's because he feels comfortable, too. I'm, I'm being a good host in the friendship, but he feels comfortable in telling me something like that even though maybe I could say, oh, but NASCAR is this, that, the other thing. But he feels comfortable. So again, in a relationship, in a friendship, in a working work relationship, it's 
It's about making sure other people feel heard and feel comfortable. And these are the kinds of things that Aikido teaches us. Because somebody throwing a punch, yeah, absolutely. Throwing a punch at me, absolutely. He's getting heard because I'm reacting to it. You know, if he threw a punch in at, at, let's say, my stomach, and I just ignored it, yeah, that would be him. That would be somebody not being heard at that violent level. And that's that's not going to do anything to help bring a person back to center. So is can we make like a um, an example like let's say I park like a fool. All right, and I take up two parking spots. I'm in a hurry, whatever. And then this person comes and sa- starts yelling, "Hey, why did not this doesn't happen to me because I like to park properly." But let's say someone comes along and says, "Why did you park like that?" And they start swearing and yelling and wanting a fight instead of fighting i can say and to follow these rules i'd say you're right i parked like a fool i I acted like a fool what was i thinking let me fix it is that would that be kind of like an aikido way to disarm yes yes absolutely Disarm the 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 punch absolutely in point of fact um we used to live in Santa Monica and parking was a pain in the tuchus. Oh my god. And I was going to park my car and you had to like I, I had been out and there was like two or three streets that you could park on and so you kind of cruised those streets until you found an open slot and you parked there. Oh my god. I had to go potty. Oh my god. And I say go potty because we have kids and that's what we say and I've gotten used to saying that so it sounds a little juvenile. Anyways, I really had to go potty. I saw an open spot. I signaled for the open spot. I was moving towards the open spot. This guy started coming from the other side of the street and I took the spot. Boom. The guy started like, that was my spot, you so-and-so, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, whoa, okay, I'm sorry. Didn't see you, cause I didn't. And I was like, you really need this spot, don't you? And he's like, oh, you took my spot. He didn't, he refused to connect with me to that question. Well, that can, it could sound I could, intimidating. I could be sounding like an coming, a-hole. Coming from you, I mean, I know you, I can hear you say that, but I know you're saying, oh, you really need it more than I do. But for him, he probably thought... I was just being the tool. Yeah. But anyways, I, I got out of the spot. You got out of the spot? He needed that spot. And while I had to pee, <laughs> I didn't have to pee. Plus, yeah. So I let him have the spot. What did he do? He was very confused. <laughs> he was extremely confused, and he thanked me. Aww. And he's like, are you sure? Aww. He said, are you sure after chastising me did and telling tell him, me. Did you tell him that you had to go to the bathroom? No. <laughs> I'm, again, it's not about, the thing Aikido teaches us is it's not about our own ego. It's about bringing somebody back to center. It's about bringing somebody back to harmony. Now, this guy, maybe that helped him. I hope it helped him. It seemed like it helped him in the moment. And that's that's all you can do. But you also have to be in the proper space and have the proper capacity to do that because sometimes you're the other guy. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes, yeah, God help me. Sometimes I am the other guy. Not you, but I'm saying. No, 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 it happens to, it happens to everyone. It like, happened to O-sensei. Remember that remember the train story? Tell us the train story. I love it. So, oh yeah, sensei. Because, well, first of all, we always uh because, you know, he's now considered such a god. Like right? like there's a picture no of him harm. in every dojo at the beginning of every class. He looks so peaceful. We would we would bow to the picture of Osensei and, and then we and would bow to Sensei Chicken Legs and <laughs> that was part of how we began like our it, class. It was such a de- he was such a deity. And also he became kind of a deity through Star Wars too, right? Right. He is he is the uh, archetype for Yoda, so Right. Um, but anyways, so he was he was traveling on a train and he had disciples with him. And he disciples. Well, no, he had... No, I know. We we were just saying He had students. Mm. He had had students with him. Um, And he bought something, and he got his change, and he counted it, and it was wrong. He got the wrong change back. He got gypped. Can I I just say, M-Effer went off. He called the guy giving him the change an idiot, and how could he be so clumsy? How could he be so stupid? How could he be so... 
And is his... So he lost his mind. He lost his marbles. He lost... He lost... There was no compassion. And his students looked at him like, <gasps> eyes bulging out. I mean, you you just can't imagine. I mean, you Why know... Why are you behaving this way? I, but you're so peaceful. But you're so... And he looked at his disciples and he said, translated, if you are looking for God, he is not here, pointing at his own chest. Bam. Not here right now. <laughs> Everybody has it. Everybody has that day. Everybody has that moment. Everybody has where everything is just too much and they yeah. lose their stuff. And that's why we need to just remember that and be, just cut each other some slack. Right. Right. I mean, everybody has been around that guy who was just being a complete idiot. And, you know, honestly, something I like to think about is, so you see this guy and he's just being an idiot. And maybe you watch him being an idiot for 10 minutes and you're watching him from a distance. And so you're not emotionally connected to it, which is good. And I've been there. And you sit there. I sat there at one point going, is this how he talks to his mom? Is this how he was raised? Is this how he lives his entire life? And honestly, I think for most people, if that's how they lived their whole lives, they would have no friends, they would have no family, they would have no nothing. And I honestly believe that nobody can live that way 100% of the time. So everybody has a bad day. Everybody has a terrible day. And, you know, it's about recognizing that this person is probably not like this all the time. And you need to bring them back to that frame of mind. Now, if somebody's throwing a punch at me, I need to bring them back to center, but I also have to protect myself. I also have to make sure I don't get hurt. And so that's where the quote-unquote martial aspects of Aikido take over. In extending emotion, you're not going to hinder their initial brain as far as needing to, uh, needing for them to understand that something is happening and they need to adjust what they are doing. You're just extending it and that feels somewhat natural to very natural. And you extend it, extend it, extend it, and typically, they end, again, they end up on their butts, actually on their stomachs, on the ground, with an arm behind them, in a wrist lock. Now, the wrist lock is not hard, but that wrist ain't going nowhere. If the person moves to get up and the Aikidoist doesn't want them to get up, then as they try and get up, that wrist lock just gets more and more intense. Have you tried, have you experienced this? I have. You send something from all the way across the street... And you don't even have to engage with them, but like if you send them a loving feeling or a loving, compassionate bubble towards them, it changes their field. It does change their field. So it's not all about engaging. You don't even have to physically engage. And that's what you always talk about. Like, what are we bringing into our circle? Right. Right? And what, what, and if we're going to talk about, what are we bringing into our circle? What are we sending from our circle to another circle, right? Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, it can be thought of in different ways. Like it, it, in some circles, you can think, oh, that's prayer, but it's purely energetic. It's purely giving someone compassion. Yes. And you can feel it much like how, you know, you always talk about when people don't believe in energetic stuff and they think, oh, this is just some like hippie new agey new agey uh craziness which is how i live by the way 100 percent of the time but you know you always talk about like when you try to give someone a simple example that anyone can relate to it's seeing the guy who's a couple blocks away and you're in a building somewhere looking at him he can sense you looking at him and he'll turn around to see who's looking at him right right and we've all We're had all that connected feeling. it's all about the connection right every single event every single human being is interconnected on the planet Yes. And I'm sorry, I know, once again, I'm going global, and you don't like to do that. But when someone is hurting on the other side of the planet, we are hurting in some way. True. It's, it's the yin and yang all over again. Definitely true, but let's talk friendship. This is friendship. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, basically, kind of my rules of friendship are we connect, we create safe space for our friends or the people we want to be our friends, we listen, we take an interest, 
we do our homework because yeah, he, my my buddy wasn't going to tell me anything other than yeah, I watched I watched a NASCAR race this weekend. Well, figuring out it's the California 500, figuring out that maybe the guy who won's name was such and such, or having an understanding of he watched the NASCAR Cup race and not the NASCAR race. And that's that's the attractive thing, and it it it, ha- it has nothing to do with sexuality. That's what is attractive. When you realize, oh my God, someone went out of their way to get out of their scope of things to understand something I'm interested in, something they're not interested in, to go to the length of to, to understanding something about me, that is so attractive. And that like <laughs> opens your heart, doesn't it? Or is it just me? No, 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 absolutely. It opens your heart and you're like, oh my God, someone wants to connect with me someone is really like paying attention that's amazing right especially these days because most people don't do that yes yeah and yeah and not to say oh nah, nah, nah. people don't do that nah. it's because <laughs> seriously there's so much going on people don't have the capacity right yes because they are in uh um, not necessarily, yeah, fight or flight. They are in survival mode. Yes. Whether that survival mode is trying to keep your job at the corporation, whether that survival mode is you have a family member that was sick or is sick, or you you your survival mode comes from you have kids and you're not getting enough sleep, you're, or you're in pain in some physical way or an emotional way there's no room there's no capacity to be in the space of becoming a good host to take care of someone else right so i'm not trying to say people suck which i've said a few times people suck there's some sucky people out there There that hurt your feelings there are people who definitely suck in the moment and they there are many moments that keep sucking. Yes. So that's true. Okay. And this is why we started Be Friendly, because we've definitely experienced that. Suckage. People <laughs> mean sucking suckers. The way you say suck. <laughs> but I, at, at the same time, I understand that they didn't have the capacity right. for the kind of friendship that I needed. Right. And then I needed to sit within my own field and have communion in my own self, like in my own field and realize I have everything I need. I have a connection with source, with everything. I have a connection with myself. I don't need another friend right now. I'm my own friend. And once I nourish myself in that way, then I'm able to be a friend again. And then I'm able to understand and have the capacity for someone to allow to allow someone else to be a friend to me again, rather than having the rage and the 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 heartbrokenness of saying, you know, f everybody, I don't need anybody, which I've been in myself. I think everybody is at in moments, which brings me at least to you know why did I start studying Aikido, and basically. Where I came to it what from was that the, the punch analogy to form of communication. That's, that's very powerful. My favorite, my favorite science fiction author, maybe my favorite author, maybe not anymore, I don't know, once wrote theft. Can you say who that is? It's Daniel Keyes Moran, but nobody knows who that is. Brilliant. I love his name. When you first told me about him, I thought he was a dead guy, it's, like someone from a long time ago. It's very alliterative, I think. So who knows? But anyways... Theft is an act of communication. And I really, like, dwelt on that for a while. He's got a couple sayings that are powerful, and that's just the one I'm focusing on right now. But a theft is an act of communication. And I really thought about it. I really started dwelling on exactly what that meant. And, and when you steal, the other person feels a sense of loss. And you created that because you stole. And so the person is then emotionally connected to this action that you have done. And so you have communicated something to them. You've stolen stolen from them and this was all very interesting and then also I had felt that uh, interestingly enough um, yeah I wasn't doing a good job I didn't have a high degree of 
what would later become emotional intelligence. Nobody talked about that back when I first started thinking about Aikido, but I really started thinking about how, you know, I was living my life and, and that was that was all good and whatnot, but I wasn't connecting to people. And so where I came to Aikido was I wanted a physical manifestation, a physical exercise that I could do that would help me connect to people and understand people. And looking at Kung Fu or Taekwondo, or I could start listing all kinds of martial arts. They were, it was a communication, but for me, it was, it wasn't an accepting communication because, you know, if I'm boxing, I'm trying to put you on the mat and I'm going to walk away. So it wasn't a, you were communicating, absolutely, but it wasn't, it wasn't something I felt like I could take and, and use in my personal life. And so in studying Aikido, I started to understand better how to communicate with people, emotional connection, be able to put myself in their shoes, and, and really get a good understanding for people. And in the course of, I guess, my career, I've worked at many different jobs with many different sorts of people. And some people just aren't going to want to connect with you. It's just the way they're wired. And so you, can, you do what you can do. You get as close as you can to them, but, you know, uh, as, as long as they understand that, A, I'm not a threat. I'm never a threat. I have no intention of becoming a threat. And I want the ship to move in the same direction. I want all of us to be, to be moving in the same direction, you know, whatever that direction is. And, and once people understand the genuineness of that, because that can be hard to muscle through, uh, and once they understand that you're genuinely going to be interested in them because you are because honestly the other thing to really consider in this whole thing is um so my buddy with nascar you know nascar is 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 a gateway but what he understands is that i care about him as a person and i'm interested in the things he's interested in because you know what there's probably a reason why he's interested in it there's always going to be particularly if they feel super passionate about it they can infect you with that passion. And that is a good thing because it helps also deepen your friendships. My earliest, earliest, ugh, my friendships in high school, we were connected by music and not necessarily a whole heck of a lot else from the outside, but typical teenage stuff, you know, parents and et cetera, you know, groundings and whatnot. But it was, it was by infecting each other with our passions that we grew as friends. And not that we ever necessarily grew away from where we started, but the friendship grows. Because if a friendship, if anything doesn't grow, then it stagnates and then it dies. It's probably like how people look at us. Like that's how our marriage works. People look at us probably thinking, how the heck did those two get together? Like how, how does that work? It's the same thing, right? No, 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 very much on, on We're paper. We're total opposites. Well... In, when you look at us. When you look at us, outside. absolutely, yes. But, and when uh, you listen to us, too, I'm sure. But I, I, I like to say that we grow together, we share, we respect each other's opinions, and, yeah, and that's it. I mean, it's, 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 it's in my mind, not rocket science. Well, I just think you hit the key. You got the key right there. It's developing yourself further and growing outside of your circle to kind of like a Venn diagram. Do you know what I mean? Your circles connect. That would be a Venn diagram, oh, folks. Venn. V-E-N-N. Sorry. I Venn. actually even know how to spell it. <laughs> a Vince Vaughn diagram. Oh, dear. A Vincent. Okay, a Venn diagram. Yes. Thank you. But do you know what I mean? It's two circles coming together, and there's a little portion that you... You, you, your circles intertwine. Yes. You grow, you touch, and you, you end up having something in common right. as a result of person A and person B. Right. You grow the intersection, theoretically, in, in my mind, at least, inside of a healthy relationship. And that's the whole point of life, right? You don't want to just stick with your own thing. You always want to learn and grow. Yes. And, and it comes back to we're all connected anyway. Yes. And, and growth doesn't have to be some, yes, I got my MBA or, you know, I've learned a martial art, for instance. Growth is learning something about NASCAR. Growth is, yeah, 
growth is, you know, learning the names of 2,500 Pokemon because that's what my kids do. <laughs> right. Growth is watching romantic comedies, even though you want to watch Akira Kurosawa. See, my wife loves Akira Kurosawa, but, oh you know, my God, no. I love watching me some You've Got Mail or <laughs> some When Harry Met Sally or... I can't watch. Unless it's martial arts related, I can't watch people getting hurt. So we call them fun-friendly movies. Now, any Bruce Lee movie, I'm all over it. Any martial arts movie, but uh, no, I can't. I can't. Those, no, I cannot watch anything that's not romantic and funny. It really hurts me to my core to watch something that most people think is funny. Like, remember the first time you noticed that about me was, I think, when we watched Fight Club or something like that. What did we watch? There's no way you watch Fight Club. We rented it. It was under comedy. I didn't know what the heck it was back then. Fight Club? Fight Club. Fight Club ain't no comedy. It was under comedy. Do you remember back in the day when we were renting videos? What? It was under comedy. They put it in the comedy, so I'm like, oh, look, it's a comedy. It has Brad Pitt in it. Huh. And Ed Norton. What the heck? Wait, no. Heck? I think not. I but, know. you know, I don't find a lot of things funny that most people think is that funny. That is true. But that movie is not funny. But It's not haha funny. So anyway, so we have this whole fond-friendly thing in the house, in our home. Yes, we do. And it gets more and more difficult to find fond-friendly movies, I tell you. Well, no one is really doing uh, romantic comedies anymore. Well... There is hope now, but yes. Yeah. It's not cool. <laughs> it's not edgy enough. Well, honestly, I think that people kind of view rom-coms as being done. They've been done. They've told the story, and they've told all the variations on the story with excellent cinematography and, you know, what would your movie have to add to this genre? In what the, in we can add to the genre is... A better representation of women. <gasps> what are you talking about? Instead of some. Uh oh. Never mind. Welcome to Tangent Land. Okay, I'm Land. gonna take it away. Never mind. Okay. Welcome to Tangent Land, folks. Another show. Okay, and we will talk about roman the romantic comedy. No, we're gonna talk about women's rights. <gasps> oh dear, that that will be one I will but be in very a quiet in. Way. <laughs> She's now uh, kind of quoting a, a romantic comedy. God help me, I, I seem to know them all because we've seen them a kajillion times. How to break up with a guy. How to lose a guy in how 10 to, days. Thank you. See, how do you know the title? And I don't, How to lose a guy in 10 days. Kate Hudson and, oh God, who was the protagonist? Matthew McConaughey. There you, there you go. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Anyways, but in, but in lighthearted way. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Are we done? I don't know. Today. I think we might be. I really need to go to the bathroom. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Friends, we'll talk in a few days. Yes, we will. Love you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Indeed. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.